welcome to the Curse Discussions podcast, episode, I think, what, this is this a seven or something? Yeah, I think it's seven. Uh, I, once again, am Chucky R. Law. With me today, we have Mr. Herbert, John, and, <laughs> returning again, Andreago. <laughs> and so today on the Curse Discussions podcast, we're going to be discussing... Uh, in general, we're going to be discussing places, uh, locations, sort of our, like opinions on, um, uh, you know, which places are shitholes, which places are uh, less less shitholy. Um, holy sounds like some kind of like thing on a donut, like like a donut ad. Holy, like this this donut's extra holy. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Oh God. So anyway. That was bad. <laughs> off to a great start. <laughs> <laughs> to start off, let's talk about. Um, so let, let's limit ourselves to the North American continent. Um, uh, I would start by saying, Ciudad uh, Juarez, kind of a shithole, kind okay. of a crime-filled territory for, for living ourselves in North America. Most of Mexico, pretty bad. Okay. Yeah, that is right. I, Mexico is technically in North America, even though it like culturally like below it's spiritually it's, like a, it's spiritually central american yeah. <laughs> yes exactly isn't that kind of funny like uh I, you know you know geography doesn't always line up with culture wow yeah this has yeah. been a video by real life lore yeah geography doesn't care about your feelings snowflakes <laughs> libtards vtfo okay but i mean now latin america and, and mexico specifically we can talk about sure but i i, I think that um you know, there, there's at least sort of a theme that... Um, it's just, like, universally fucking terrible. Like, what what point is oh, there even in talking okay, about Okay, well, it? That, you can say that, but, but um, you know, aren't there some parts that are relatively nice, right? Like, I, as I understand it, Latin America is very highly segregated, and, um, you know, it's segregated, you know, mainly on the bounds of, like, an, an upper class and, and a, a, a large underclass that uh, kind of makes everything shitty, but... You know, there's some nice areas, right? That that are. What's weird is when you meet a uh, when you meet a white Hispanic person who is from like a truly shit tier like a like a, a shit tier even by Latin American standards country. You mean like, like if you meet Louis you meet, C.K. Well, no, no, he's from Mexico. Like by Latin American standards, especially if we don't consider like the last decade or so when it's gotten really bad. Like, Mexico is, like, a lot better than a lot of countries. But, like, you meet someone from, like, Nicaragua or, like, El Salvador, and they're, like, a white Hispanic, and you're like, how do you even exist? Like, how are you a person? Like, I thought, well, I thought everyone from Are that there fucking white like people fucking in Guatemala? Member. I didn't know that that was real. Of course, I'm sure. Yeah, real. there's, like, a few There's like a few of them, and they live in, like, gated communities. Mm-hmm. That's um, my point. Like, they're, like... They're and they have, like, these whole... They have, like, these, like... They have, like, these, like, security... They basically have, like, legions of, like, security... They, like patrol the perimeter of their property like all day. I mean, isn't Guatemala just jungle anyway? I don't think there's like tons of ghettos or something. I think it's just jungle. I think there's quite a few get. Well, I, I mean, it's third world, so there's going to be ghettos. Well, there's like Guatemala City, and that's like an urban area. Okay. What is well, Guatemala my understanding of my understanding of Mexico is that the vast majority of the country is more or less a failed state at this point. Um, uh, the drug card, like, there's a few, like, key little, like, like, cities, like, major cities that, like, the government still has control over, like, Mexico City and, like, Monterey and, like, Guadalajara and, like, the vacation spots, like, Cancun and Cozumel mm-hmm. and all that kind of crap, but in, like, most of, like, a, this kind of, like, like, flyover country of Mexico, um, it's, I mean, more or less controlled by cartels at this point. Well, I, I think that might be a good thing, it's pretty ANCAP. Yeah, failed state sounds pretty libertarian to me. I mean, <laughs> well, okay, you know, we can joke about it, but I, I think there really was uh, something like that. Like, um, I remember reading about a, uh, like, it was so, sort of a private security company, basically, that had taken over a few towns in Mexico. It was basically sort of competing with the cartels and, and you know, just was not really subject to the government. Um, I don't know, you know, if that was exaggerated or what. I don't remember. I have to pull up the article, um, but um, so yeah, I mean that legitimately is pretty ANCAP. And even besides that, uh, I, I think there's a case to be made from a libertarian point of view for some sort of critical support, maybe of the drug cartels against like some of these Latin American states. 
Well, especially if they're fucking commies. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I'd probably rather uh, live in, like, a gangster's paradise than a worker's paradise, to be honest. Well, isn't that, like, the situation in, like, Colombia? Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure Colombia was like that way for a while. Like, the places that were run by, like, the Medellin cartel and, like, all that were, like, a lot, or considerably wealthier than the places not run by the drug cartels. <laughs> Based. I mean, Colombia, <laughs> actually, I think is a pretty good country now. Um, I mean, pretty good, relatively. Well, I mean, by Latin American yeah, standards, Latin sure. American but, standards, yeah. I still think it's like I still think it's like GDP per capita is significantly lower than Mexico though. Oh, is it? Yeah. I mean, what was the I think. Uh, what's the comparison between Colombia and a place like Bolivia? I don't know. Does anyone like are we're talking Bolivia about Latin- is like a backwater. <laughs> Bolivia is like really poor. It's like one of the poorest Latin American countries, I'm pretty sure. I'm there's like almost nothing there really. I mean, that's funny because you know, it may be the poorest Latin American country, and Bolivia kind of sounds like a really, like, fat girl's name. Like, I'm Bolivia. Like, <laughs> 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 so, oh my sense. god! Well, because Olivia is, like, a fat girl's name, Bolivia. and then you just add the V. <laughs> I mean, the V just, like, accentuates it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like the whole thing, like, fat people who, like, say the letter B really funny, and so, like, it's a name designed to be said by its fat owner. Like, I was just cooking some buttermilk and eating bread, and my name's Bolivia. That's that's perfect. That's very deep, man. It's like a name attached to you, man. It's, it's kind of oh like, imagine God. if you were... It's, 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 it's an anonymopoeic name or whatever the fuck. Imagine right? if, it, if it, you were... It sounds like what it describes. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, sure. It, imagine, though, if you were, um, like, from some tribe where you, you had evolved the ability to make, like, these weird clicking sounds that no one else could make, and so your name was something in those clickies, your name was like... like <laughs> that's basically what it is for, like, Bolivia. Okay, this is this is already gone completely off topic. Like we're like seven minutes in. Yeah, this is derailed pretty quickly. I don't know. I think this will be entertaining to listen to. I hopefully. Um, but anyway, so so Latin America, um, Chile is pretty good, from what I understand. Uh, Le based Pinochet helicopter man XDDDDD. I mean, I think that Argentina is not supposed to be, like, a terrible place to live, especially in the cities. Yeah. Yeah, I think... It's a nice place. Oh, you got... Oh, okay, well, it's a nice place, but I think, like, it underachieves because its government is, like, really statist. Yeah. I hear, like, that Uruguay is a pretty good place, too. Or, I don't know how you pronounce it. Isn't Uruguay... Yeah, it's, like, the first country that legalized weed... Isn't it, like, 90% white or something? Well, yeah, I mean, the Argentina and Uruguay are, like, kind of white, relatively speaking. Well, I, see, that's the thing, though, but, I mean, Uruguay specifically, I think, is very white. Like, Argentina and, and Chile are, are, are a little bit less white. Um, Uruguay, I think, is really white, though. Uh, but still, all of the three are relatively white uh, compared to, like, somewhere like Brazil or something. Um but if we're talking about, I, I always find it interesting because Uruguay, right, is not to be confused with Paraguay, which is not white at all. <laughs> Paraguay is like, not only is it native, um, it's it's like it's like ninety percent native or something, and well, you can hear it in the name. It's like the disabled version of Uruguay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> no, but it's like a tiny step up from uh, Bolivia. It's like basically the same country. It, um, it, Apparently, it like, the Bushes own a bunch of land there. Oh, really? Which is really weird. The Bush family? like the yeah, Or they family? used to. That's yeah. I mean, I don't know if they do anymore, but I know they did at one point. It's kind okay. of strange. But. I was going to say, the um, I think uh, Paraguay uh, has a really interesting history, though. Um, you know, So I, I think they, they speak, um, I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly, but like Guarani there or something in addition to Spanish. Um, you know, which is like the indigenous language there, um, but almost everyone speaks it, um, as I understand. So they kind of use that code Spanish. They, it used to be a fairly powerful country too in the past, um, but it just got taken the fuck out in this uh, the the Paraguayan War. Do you guys know about that? Oh yeah, like basically everybody besides them fought in a war against them, like Brazil and Argentina. 
Yeah, yeah. It was And like somehow they thought that was a good idea to like declare war on everybody at once. Well, I mean, at first they were doing all right because what they were doing was they were supporting I think a um a faction in Uruguay in a civil war, but then that civil war lost. Um, they lost in that civil war, and Argentina was supporting the other side, and then Brazil joined in, I think, and they just got fucking gang raped. Brazil! They lost, like, two-thirds of their population or something insane like that. Like, they, like, literally their country was just, like, depopulated in a way that's fairly unprecedented in modern warfare. Well, I think a lot of that... I, I do know they lost a lot of people from, like, deaths, but a lot of it was that they lost a ton of territory, yes, too, that's, right? That's true as well, yeah. I'm not sure what percentage of it actually died, but I do know that this is something that's always just seems so insane to me. You know, if you look at the, you know how Wikipedia, um, when it has, like, an article about, like, a war or something, it'll tell you uh, the, the size of both armies, and it'll tell you the casualties, right? So it showed, like you know the size of the paraguayan army and then the casualties are larger than the paraguayan army so they lost like basically they lost more people than they had in their entire army right like when you include civilians anyway right and i think like all their leaders were killed too like all their generals basically yeah yeah, the last guy, I forget his name, I think it was Lopez or something, um, he was a dictator, and, and he, he just, like, never surrendered, right? Like, he they, he literally, like, had to be, like, hunted down personally, and then when they tried to capture him, he, like, attacked the, like, Brazilian general or whatever, like, physically. And right, we, we should him. probably stop talking about this, though, this is pretty, like, derailing. Okay, yeah, we're talking about places. Okay, so, Andriago, what's your favorite city in the U.S., and why? Uh, do I have to give like one? Give give your top two. <laughs> um, uh, does it have to be like um? I don't know how give populous top does it have to be. Like, does it have to be like a major city? Give your top like... four. Okay, well, I'll just say my top two are probably. Well, I, I'm just gonna say like the general like uh, metropolitan area or like wider contiguous area because I can't really narrow it down to a city, but. Probably like northern, like northern Virginia. The Army of Northern and, Virginia. And uh, Seattle, okay. the greater Seattle area. So what, northern Virginia, what like, what cities are there? I don't even know. Like, is that like Alexandria? It's like Alexandria. It's like yeah, like yeah. Arlington and Alexandria and like Reston and all these kinds of places. Huh, that's interesting. Why do you like that? No. Um. Well, it's pretty white. For one, okay. um, it's very affluent. That's racist. So there's not really. Yeah, you're racist. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, so there's not really like a large like underclass like you find in a lot of other cities. Uh, aren't there? Uh, aren't there a lot of Latinos in Nova now? Uh, there may be. I mean, I've never lived there or anything, and I haven't visited too many times. I haven't spent like a ton of time there. Uh, but that may be the case. I know there's a lot of Asians, there's a lot of Indians, and there may be a lot of Latinos in some places. Um, but yeah, and it's also uh, very highly forested, and um, it's hilly in some places, which is nice. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty nice. Based. Okay. That that's interesting. So, um, and you said your second one would be, or or I guess it was tied it was. Uh... I know you like Portland a lot. Was that what you said, Portland? Oh God, no, no. <laughs> oh jeez, that was had to have been a provocation. I know because yeah. everyone knows my feelings on Portland. Well, no, because see, here's the thing. How dare you? I I, I did that on How purpose. How dare you? How could you? <laughs> <laughs> I did do that on purpose, but you know, before talking to you, I always used to get Portland and Seattle confused because they seemed very similar to me, but. No, no, no I've, absolutely I've not. I've never been to either, but I guess you have some very strong opinions where you really like Seattle and really don't like Portland. Okay, well, the thing about Portland is that it has... It's kind of just been this, like, destination for kind of, like, burnouts <laughs> and, like, these sort of just, like, washed up, just, like, ridiculously dumb people for, like, decades. <laughs> um, uh, it's absurdly expensive for some reason because all these people keep moving there. Uh, there's like a I'm massive. I'm counter signal you, by the way. Okay. Um, there's like a massive, uh, uh, like underclass. Like crime has been an issue there for a long time. Like, 
if you go into like more of the eastern parts of downtown east of the river there's like apparently like entire swaths of the city have been taken over by like tweakers who like ride around on bmx bikes and like break into cars and steal shit um so it's just it's just bad i really don't like it you said you were going to counter and i don't like herbert Yes, so I, my counter signal is: uh, are, Do you actually have crime statistics, or is it like, oh, I heard some that there was some bad stuff going on? Because I would imagine, given the demographics of Portland, that crime statistics make it pretty low. And furthermore, my understanding is that outside of the downtown, it's basically just sort of like expensive white suburbs. Um. That's true of, like, the western well, suburbs I, for the most part, but the eastern suburbs are supposed to be really bad. And as for as for I, the statistics, violent crime is relatively low compared to a lot of places, but property crime is quite high compared to most other large metro areas. Because of, like, Antifa or whatever. You are going to say something, John? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, he pretty much said what I was going to say. Yeah, the the violent crime is pretty low, but, like, uh, theft and like uh, break-ins and stuff like that, robberies. Well, I think like thefts in general is like pretty high because yeah, people are getting like robbed by Antifa. Yeah, because you is don't that own that because it's the property of Antifa. Wow. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't realize that Antifa was uh, you know in control of the city of Portland. Oh, and then oh, also oh, wait, yeah, it's it's mutualism, so it's not actually stealing, but. Yeah. Also, for Who's some reason, fucked? like the entire, like the entire, like white, like Swipple population of the city, like protests every single weekend, like for some inexplicable reason, they like protest about something, and it's supposed to be really obnoxious. Doesn't uh... that's Seattle too, though, kind of right? Yeah, really? that's true, but it's not like nearly as big, like proportionally, like in terms of the population. Like you'll get like, like literally like two thirds of the entire like white like Bohemian population of. The entire all of Oregon, like, like just streaming into like downtown Portland on the weekends. Whereas in Seattle, it's confined to like around the universities. Well, one thing that I think is funny is you mentioned like burnouts moving there. Like the one person I know who moved to Portland was like a former uh, attempted Hollywood screenwriter. He didn't like get in anything actually like accepted, of course, but he was living in like Echo Park in L.A. And, like, then he moved to Portland in his mid-30s, and now he's, like, I think he's, like, a drug dealer. And, like, <laughs> I, his, house, his house, was his, which is in eastern Portland, but fairly close to, like, downtown, like, just, like, east of the river. Um, I think, like, in the Richmond area or something. His house has been broken into, like, uh, like, it was broken into right before he moved, and they stole, like, the washer and, like, laundry and um also like Wait, they uh his stole, like the washing I, machine what the fuck yeah like <laughs> how how, I, how how would you steal that that's so heavy i i know it's insane and like Dude, his motorcycle jacked guy stole. stole it yeah well and since they were in portland they had to since they were in portland they had to take it home on their bike yeah and they didn't even have to right <laughs> Well, well, they stole his motorcycle like a year later as well. <laughs> Are you sure it was the same person? I mean, I'd like to think. No, one hundred percent. Oh wait, well, I meant, I meant it's the same person Portland. stole from. Oh no, I, I didn't. No Portland, okay, so like, I mean, that's it. what you said. You said they stole the his it motorcycle a year later, as though the, you know what the I mean. Non-human force. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They. It sounds like some love. Oh, well, well, let's like. Well, let's like parse the semantics of what you said, and you know, Wow, this this podcast is going to be great. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's always good. We always have a good time here on the Curse Discussions podcast. We uh, discuss things in a cursed manner. Um, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Okay, so God, you sounded like that one kid that was on here earlier. Uh, like, oh, well, you know, we're oh, are you stupid. talking about Zog? Oh, well, uh, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll be sure. You know, we have a call out here. I think the next episode uh, is not, not that it's bad, but he just like it, it, he's really funny. The next episode is going to be a debate way. between Zog and Andreago. 
Okay. So, uh, as we were talking about, uh, like, cities. So, what about in Europe? Um, what would you guys say are the best? Ooh. So, are we just, like, throwing out the whole confined to North America thing? I, I said <laughs> confined to North America for, you know, to start with. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, I might probably... All right, you can oh, yeah. cut that part out. Sorry. Well, Herbert probably knows more about that because he's been to Europe more. Um, well, um, so I would say that France is fucking garbage and terrible and no one should ever go there and London sucks. And isn't London pretty based in neoliberal though, right? Like it's got, um, <sighs> like what, what's it called? So there's two different Londons, right? There's London and the city of London. But I think the city of London, like it's it's some weird thing where like so the queen has to like ask permission to like enter there and like corporations get like a vote, like they they like vote on policy or something. <laughs> I don't... Yeah, that's nice and all. My my understanding of London is it's a bunch of like unmarried thirty one year old finance employees who like eat microwave Indian dinner every night. Okay. Also, the city of London is like a very small area, but anyway, like I don't know that much. Like, but Zurich seems cool. Like Switzerland seems pretty based. I mean, Switzerland is just based in general. It's an extremely based country. Honestly, um, a lot like a lot of Germany is is actually pretty nice. Um, like Munich is like a very nice city. Uh, honestly, Hamburg is not a not a bad city at all. Uh, I was going to say, my favorite Europeans... Oh, sorry, you can go. I was going to say, Berlin like, is okay to visit, but I think living there probably sucks because you'd be surrounded by like fucking people on ecstasy all the time. Oh, yeah, I was... Berlin is like the Portland of Europe, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's sort of like a bigger, shittier Portland. Yeah. But I've I've really only been to like one European city. Or I've really only been to one European city for an extended period of time, and that was London. And um, yeah, it's kind of uh, it is it does like seem kind of neoliberal in like certain places. But um, I don't know. It's it's very tacky in a lot of ways. That's kind of like hard to describe. I can't really like put my finger on exactly how it felt, but it was kind of like it felt kind of like tacky. Why like you... they had oh like. Oh, like the two-story coach buses and all this. Oh, yeah, I was just kind of <laughs> like. Did they? Have, what, what and also, there's like, fucking and apparently, like, like all the like all the like inner suburbs of London and like the parts of London that aren't like the inner city are apparently like really crappy now and crime is skyrocketing. Um, so I mean, that's kind of like generally a trend for European cities, like as opposed to like the U.S. Like the suburbs are typically nicer, whereas in European cities, it's like the inner city that's much nicer. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point, actually. I think that one major distinction you can make, and the reason why sort of city the cities in Europe are are less appealing from at least as a place to live, is just the the real estate is so much more dense and and sort of relatively expensive. And whereas there's this sort of suburban sprawl uh, in the United States outside of the cities, and you can get like a nice, a somewhat isolated, you know, domain to yourself. I, European cities, middle class people live in these like fucking shitty row houses on the on the outskirts of the city, like like their little bugs and their little rows, you know, like outside. Well, of the weird, and, yeah. The weird thing about Europe is that like a lot of people through family like they'll have like houses and properties passed down through like you know generations of their family but they won't ever stay in them because they view property and homes as more like a store of value apparently i think this is mostly true in germany and like continental europe more so than the uk and like ireland but they view like property and homes as more or less like a store of value and like for whatever reason i don't know if it's because like transit like it's harder to commute from like the rural and suburban areas or whatever but apparently they just don't ever, a lot of them don't live in these homes that they in properties they've inherited and instead choose to live in, like, these, you know, detestable, depressing, like, you know, row houses built in, like, the 70s and 80s, like, in some, like, inner suburb of, like, Berlin or something. It's just really weird. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, some, that's something else, right, that in, in the United States, the sort of, I think in some, in some case, you know, you can, uh, 
the, the sort of car culture, commuting culture, somewhat arises out of this. In the United States, there's this, you know, you know, this not to be a fucking memer, but like the lay <laughs> American dream is, I'm gonna live in the suburbs. I'm gonna own my home. I'm gonna have this big, beautiful home to raise my family in while working in the big city or whatever. And in Europe, this sort of idea of home ownership, especially continental Europe, but the UK to more of an extent than the US at least, the idea of owning a home and uh, and having a home for a long time as opposed to like being in a little bug apartment or renting or whatever else is less prevalent, I think. And that means that you know everyone's sort of in these like little cities and their little shitty apartments uh, as opposed to the United States. I mean, I think probably the reason that people, uh, you know, are, are less inclined in Europe to, um, you know, to, to invest in, like, property or whatever is probably because they know that the property is going to be seized by the Politburo, right? <laughs> or, yeah, like... Well, but you're not wrong. I mean, there is something to that, which is that, and this is a, this is a point I made before, that being upper middle class is not really a thing in continental Europe because they have such a large welfare state, they basically need to tax those people into like middle class bug modes of living. So the, the type of people who would own a home and a summer home and go on international vacations in the United States, the type of people with those type of jobs in Europe are taxed to such an extent that they live in row houses like everyone else. And also, it's my understanding that, like, the wage differential between, like, regular jobs and a lot of, like, jobs that we think of as upper middle class in the U.S., like, lawyer and, you know, software engineer and, you know, executive and all this kind of crap, are, like, the wage differential isn't anywhere near as big in Europe as it is here. Yeah, I, I do know yeah. that doctors like, in particular uh, have a huge... Yeah. In the U.S. Like, for some reason, the returns to that, like, high-skilled labor in Europe, uh, it's, like, much lower relative to everything else in Europe. I, I don't know why, but apparently it is. So, like, you don't get these people who are, you know, kind of these, like, McMansion-type, you know, like, fake exactly, rich people. Exactly, yeah. People are, people, no, nobody owns a boat. Nobody has a boat in a summer home. Yeah. Or if you do, you're the CEO instead of, you know, a mid-level manager at Acme Corporation. Be the Acme Brick Corporation. <laughs> I, is is that a real corporation? I thought that was just like the thing from Road. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think like Warren Buffett owns it or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, that's interesting. What about Asia? What the? Uh, what are the good places? It's horrible. It's well, Bangalore is a very beautiful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like to swim in the river. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like I like to take a um, a stroll down the banks of the Ganges River with a you know bloated body, you know, just sort of you know you know saunter you know sauntering around next to me in the river. It's a very pleasant experience. Well, okay, so I was thinking though when I brought up this topic, I was thinking about something. I remember you saying, Andriago, which I'm not sure if this is exactly what you said or whatever, but. I, I think you, I'll be, you you said something to the effect of like that China has modernized so much that it, you know if you live on the coast of China it's basically just like straight up a first world country. Do you is that what you meant? Uh, well, it's I, I wouldn't say that it's first world. I wouldn't say that it's first world, but it's like a lot better than like a lot of people make it out. That a lot of than a lot of people think really. Like particularly like if you look at like listings for like. Uh, well, yeah, I should say this is really only, uh, this is exclusive to like a few like cities on the coast and like they're kind of like suburban and like ring, uh, you know, like the outer rings of these cities and everything. But if you like look at apartment listings and stuff, like the apartments are more or less look first world, and like an upper middle class person in China could afford that. Um, like all the trains are like very modern um, and clean. And um, I, I don't know, like, to what extent, like, it looks like that just because everything is relatively new or what, but, like, it almost seems like it's sort of, like, it, honestly, like, a lot of those places look like the living standards are much higher than in, say, like, Russia or the Ukraine or something like that. Um, and the GDP per capita in those places may actually be 
at about the level of those Eastern European countries or higher. But I don't think there's really like any data on GDP per capita in like Chinese metro areas, really. So it would be kind of I think hard China's to tell. China probably that. has a higher GDP per capita than some like really atrocity Eastern European countries. I don't know. Like, does it have a? I don't know. It's considerably lower than Mexico, but that I think that's almost only that's like almost exclusively because of like the huge like rural population. There's like apparently like a ton of people in there that in the rural areas that make like less than a dollar a day. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, so I think that's what drags down its GDP per capita is the rural population. Well, I want to say I could be wrong here, but I want to say that like Shanghai, like the GDP per capita is like surprisingly high. It's like I want to say like almost like thirty thousand dollars a year or something. Yeah. Here, let me look this up here. Okay, so I think it's higher than Ukraine. Ukraine though is is poorer than Russia. Ukraine also is like incredibly fucking statist. So that's probably why it's poor. Checkmate, uh, Bernie Sanders. Which is why I support the um, uh, Donetsk uh, secession and Don and uh, Luhansk. The Don. No, okay. I actually don't. I don't. I don't really know. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm looking it up, and Shanghai is thirty-three thousand dollars per capita, and Beijing is the same. Okay. So yeah, like the coastal regions are pretty decent. They're all like about twenty thousand or higher, and like the big cities are like thirty thousand. But what percentage of China's population is like is uh, lives in those areas? Um, probably like at least like ten or twenty percent, I would think. Like, including, like, all the, like, uh, 20,000 coastal regions. Mm, the 20,000 cities. <laughs> I think there's a few inland cities that are somewhat decent as well. Like, um, like, Chengdu and... Or, like, you know, Wuhan. A other ones. Yeah, there's a couple other ones that are somewhat decent that aren't, like, I- complete and utter, like, hellholes. Well, like, in a way, like, there's, like, one or two, like, the far western ones. Like, GD- like economically, they're, like, not nearly as nice as, like, the big coast or coastal or near coastal cities. But, like, the nice thing about, like, one or two of them is that, like, they have a lot less pollution. And they're actually, like, a lot prettier, like, around. Yeah. They actually have, like, nice natural c- scenery and stuff. Yeah, okay. I mean, because China, I know that that's one of the main drawbacks for a lot of people of China is that, you know, it's just got a huge pollution, huge smog. Like, that's pretty insane that they have to, like, go around with masks covering their face all the time. Right, it's pretty bad. So, yeah, it's bad. you know, this is uh, deviating a little bit here, sharp change of topic. I have a, a would you rather for you all, okay? Would you rather live oh, nice. in Tajikistan or Guyana? Um, probably, uh, my gut feeling is Tajikistan, but, like, because Guyana, the, the British one, the former British colony, yes. uh, the one in South America, just to be clear. Yes. Okay, well, like, I'm pretty sure that's, like, literally, like, the poorest country in South America, so, and it's, like, really, like, is it gross and like just it? It's like really swampy and like the Guyana where the Jonestown massacre occurred. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. It was. Is that where like what? Yes, like, the that's exactly where it was. Shot? <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, yeah and it's super undeveloped and whatever. just like gross and swampy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'd probably instantly get some kind of disgusting infection like the moment you step foot off the plane. <laughs> See, but the nice thing about Guyana is that it's so diverse, right? It's got um, it's got some Poo and Lu people, um, like they're like a third of the population, then a third is like native, and then a third is like black. So, uh, well, yes, it's one of the most religiously diverse hyper Brazil in America. <laughs> it's got Hindus, it's got Muslims, it's got Sikhs, and then of course like Christians. Of various kinds. Yeah, it's got Protestants Lots of and Catholics. Yeah. Is the national anthem just like 
If I remember correctly, that is what it, that is how the lyrics go. <laughs> Performed by laugh. Yeah. Hey, speaking of religion, it's either. Go, uh, go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, it was just real quick. Uh, Guiana, I think like it or like one of its neighbors, like the Dutch or French Guiana, it has like the largest like Anglican building, only made out of wood or something, only made out of wood. But anyway, you go ahead, what, Chuck. Is it like a fucking log, log cabin? Well, no, I think it's prettier than that, but it's just funny that, like, it's, like, the largest, like, church only made out of wood or something. Or, like, Anglican, I don't know what exactly. But what were you going to say, Chucky? Say, speaking of religious diversity, we were talking about that in regards to Guyana. Um, one country that I've always been kind of impressed with its religious diversity is uh, Latvia. Um, because it's almost split, like, pretty evenly four ways between Lutheranism, Catholicism, Orthodoxy, and Atheism, right? Like, it's, like, literally almost quarters. Well, yeah, that's only because, like, all, like, like, the majority of the Protestants became atheists, and then, like, uh, during the Soviet Union, like, they, like, forced a bunch of Russians there, like, or, like, Moved a bunch of Russians there, so it's kind of like artificial. But so you're saying yeah. it was historically Lutheran? It was historically like three quarters Lutheran, I think, and then like it had like, um, uh, like a southeastern portion of it was Catholic, so it was like twenty or twenty. <clears throat> That's interesting. Okay, uh, I was going to ask uh, John, uh, what is your favorite city in the United States? Um, well, I don't really know, but, I mean, Seattle's pretty cool, I'll agree with you there, like, some of the suburbs of it are pretty cool, and, like, the city itself seems pretty cool as well. Like, it, about, it, uh, it's... Colin and Herbert, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I, Chucky, <laughs> uh, do declare that, uh, my favorite city in the U.S. is, uh, uh... I don't know, Keene, New Hampshire. <laughs> oh, of course. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where they, like, follow, like, meter maids around, right? Like, that's pretty based. I don't know. I, I, I thought it was kind Excuse of interesting, me. the backlash towards the Free State Project there. Stop Free Keen and that, like, little campaign. Right? Like, um... Well, like, they were pretty obnoxious. Like, I'm not talking about the so much but like uh, i think there were some pretty obnoxious people involved in that to be honest like they were like just smoking weed like in the the main public <laughs> park or something like all the time like very i don't know based well what about what about herbert favorite city in the united states well well you're not gonna like this but i gotta you know, I had to do it to him. Got to be New York. Bug City. Yeah, Bug City. Okay. Bug City, New you, York. No, there's not really much you can say about that. I mean, that's like a super, like, cliche, like, answer. You're not a fan like, of New York, yeah, though, as I, I understand I it. I know, know, I know. I mean, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, like, completely and utterly shit on New York. Like, it's not that bad compared to a lot of other places, but it's not I, I would, that I great would, either. I, I would say that assuming like if you want to be a car sell obviously new york sucks right i mean new york not only, i think sorry to interject here but not only does new york suck i think that's sort of an understatement it's like a bizarre totalitarian like okay so i went there fairly recently right and and i remember um just like being so blown away when i realized that you had to like move your car off the street like certain days of the week for it to like sweep for them to like sweep the streets like everyone does that at the same time that seems like something that would happen in like the soviet union or something it's like so bizarrely authoritarian like it's like okay everyone like get out of bed and like move your like car to so like yeah but it's like <laughs> it's not illegal to but like you can 
I don't know. You can you can get it. You can pay for like a parking spot at Bugville Parking Garage or whatever. I guess I, I I'm just saying like you know. Not that that not that you like ought to have to, but I guess my like it's not like everyone's forced to like put their cars here and then move them. I just whatever. thought that was so weird. But what I was just well, saying I think it that, probably more like speaks like the mentality speaks to the mentality of New Yorkers. We're just like oh well okay okay I'll do it oh. Well, to be fair, like nobody lives in New York to drive a car, or at least like yeah, yeah, that's if you have any. Well, yeah, that sense. was like my question. Like, how on earth is there parking like at all? Like, really? Like, so if you if you if you're not a car sell, and yeah, so if you're not a car sell, then and if New York, if the real estate wasn't like ridiculously expensive, and it was just as like you know relatively low crime as it is now. I think it would be a city that's well worth living in, but obviously there's a lot of uh, drawback. That's the thing I always found quite strange about New York, the way that um, so it has like really low crime rates, right? Like I remember the, the, there's that shocking statistic I think you told me about this, Herbert, where uh, there was a year where there were more. I heard that from. I heard that. Okay, well, let me say it with, Oh, okay. go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> there was a year where there were more okay. murders. Uh, depicted on Law and Order than actual murders in Manhattan. So yes. where'd you, where'd you hear that, that was from? D- that was David Simon. That was David Simon, that uh, the director of The Wire. Great. Who pointed that out? Isn't The Wire like but, so you um, really are a fucking bug? You listen. <laughs> you uh, watch The Wire. I mean, any any self-respecting <laughs> bug watches The yeah. Wire. Um, but yeah, I mean, New York is, uh, it's, it's pretty okay. It's, you know, there's, there's nice things. I don't know though. I mean, sorry. It's here, here, here's the thing for me. It seems like when you start asking about what's the best city, um, if we're talking, when we think about car culture, right. Um, we, the best, if you have a car, you shouldn't live in a city. You know what I mean? When somebody says like, "Oh, what's a nice city?" It's like, well, even if I even if I liked, you know, Seattle, or if I really liked Chicago, or really liked whatever other city, if I had a fucking car, I would live far out in the suburbs and like not live in the your Europore build. You know that? Yeah, because exactly. that's what Europore is always complaining about. They're like, "Oh, oh, ooga durga, your cars, your cities are made for cars, not the people." <laughs> Mamma mia! <laughs> Guten Tag. I don't know. I think uh, the thing about it, though, is I, I, I completely, I completely understand the the allure of car culture, right? Because there's just something that it's there. It, there, there's some. It, it, you are to some extent a cuck if you are a grown man with a wife and children. And if you want to go from one place to another, you have to, like, you have to fucking shepherd them onto some dirty train to take them there. <laughs> like, that, you should be ashamed. <laughs> like, you failed as, you failed as a man at that <laughs> Well, you, yeah, no, you failed, you, you failed as a man, you failed as a man if you're at the behest of some landlord, too, probably. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree. It's the same sort of idea that, like, there's a sort there's a certain sort of like masculine sort of just in own ownership and uh and agency that comes with with you know car culture car travel home ownership these are and, things that, that yeah yeah and and also uh, there's actually a really good blog called or not a blog but like a website it's run by i think or the main contributor to it is Joel Kotkin and it's called newgeography.something. I forget what the domain is, but it's New Geography is the website. And, well, you know, the, the um, everyone now thinks that, well, it's apparently it's trendy to, you know, live in the city, you know, live in some fucking place like New York or San Francisco or Boston or and live in the inner city. Uh, but uh, it's really not true. The vast majority of millennials, including ones that rent, um, would prefer to own. Um, and... Uh, it, Actually, this trend slowed down a little bit after 2008, like from 2008 to 2013, 14. 
Um, I believe inner cities were growing almost as fast as suburbs, but um, that's reversed now. And for quite a few years, suburbs and like small metro areas have been growing considerably faster than inner cities. Um, and people want, and it turns out people who live in inner cities, most of them are not, I don't know about most of them, but um, a pretty large contingent of them plan to move to the suburbs in the future. Well, like, I think I've like mostly read that, like, probably suburbs like went out a little bit, but, um, that like, absolutely like, People are about like evenly divided with suburbs like winning on whether they like to live in like a city or like a suburb. But like overwhelmingly, what people actually do is like uh, the past few years, I think, have been like some of the like biggest years of suburbanization in like a long time. Like people yeah. are overwhelmingly moving to the suburbs, especially like I think the past three or four years like that's interesting because that's not the narrative you know we usually hear we usually hear about uh you know no it's not being like that and the point is that that's probably gentrification and and shit like that well that's well the thing is that a lot of that is like more or less a pr campaign like cities like actual cities like city governments spend millions upon millions of dollars on pr campaigns on pr campaigns you know that you know put out this idea that you know uh, inner cities are you know the new like hip place to be well um, like one thing that i think is true that like a lot of suburbs like like especially in their so-called downtown areas or whatever they are trying to capitalize on the new urban like meme and like they're trying to have like little cores of like walkable like yeah, areas yeah, yeah, that yeah, like yeah, have a yeah that's that's true i think a lot of a lot of like larger suburbs with like over like twenty five to fifty thousand people are kind of like trying to develop. That's not a meme. A lot of places are trying to develop more walkability and like bike paths. Like that's not a meme. That shit. Oh but, my. Yeah. The idea. Oh my god. The idea of like a couple fucking lesbianic twenty eight year old feminists <laughs> who like live in the middle of nowhere and like on the weekends they drive to some like two horse town that has five blocks of like walkable streets and they just go into like all the shitty record stores like i literally just want to like drink, eat an entire bottle of sleeping pills thinking <laughs> about that oh my god ah that's not terrible see i never really Fuck. got this whole like walkability meme maybe this is because i'm a little bit rattling bog myself right but um i, I i've always found that like you know like you want to ride around an at no no i mean <laughs> Like, I, you know, if you, like, if a street is, like, I've walked, like, alongside, like, fairly busy streets where there doesn't have a sidewalk, just, like, grass on the side of the road before, right? Like, I, I you know, I don't really give a fuck. You know, I'm not trying to... Where, where the fuck were yeah, you? Yeah, I know, but you're <laughs> fucking autistic. <laughs> are you talking about, like, a certain college city? times, right? Like, just... Are you, are you talking about the college, a uh, certain college I'm, I'm city? I'm talking about... No, okay, so I'm ta- I've done this in. Say that more autistically, yeah, please. please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've done this in college cities. I've done this in, um, you know, kind of exurbs. Uh, you know, just you know, th- th- there's all sorts of places that don't have sidewalks on the side of like busy roads that where you just like need to walk somewhere sometimes. I mean, this is mostly I did this when I was like a younger like teenager before I could drive, I guess. One thing um, that really that really triggers me about we were talking about these PR campaigns that these cities are running to make it seem like you you should you should live in cities you should have kids and raise them in cities in in big cities whatever is how they try to portray their public transit systems as these sort of like community like meeting points as oh, you know like you know. In New York, it's like, oh, everyone rides the MTA subway, and it's, you know, it's a pl- it's people of all diverse backgrounds and, you know, stations in life, and they all just come together on for this experience, and, you know, I think a lot of other cities do, do the same sort of thing, and it's just so far from the truth, and they just are, they just fight so hard, like, it, 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 some of it is, like, transit bug, yeah, some of it is transit bug. Like, some of it kind of goes off of these, like, 
really nerdy guys who are like, oh, like the drinker that they're putting in the new train. Like, I'm. Are you calling out <laughs> Alex what I do instead of sports? On this podcast? Like, oh, 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 maybe. <laughs> Uh, any, I mean, I don't think he even likes like those campaigns and stuff. Like, I'm pretty sure, like he, I don't know. But what's what's your favorite uh, entertainer in your like trains, White Knight? Like, have you ever had like a really good one? Yeah, I forget. Oh, well, you'll um, you'll edit. No, he I can edit I think, that out. I, for... I think all subway performers should be killed, but particularly Showtime. Actually, I'll tell you two stories. I have two stories for the listeners. Well, I have, like, one general phenomenon for listeners who've never been on a New York subway, and that, which is showtime, which is when a young, uh, a young urban youth, or sometimes a couple of young urban youths, get onto the subway with a boombox that's blasting out hip-hop music, uh, African-American music, and then they start doing dances that involve hoisting themselves with the subway uh, railings above people sitting in the chairs in extremely right. dangerous and conspicuous ways. And they say it's showtime. And then what they do what they do recently is instead of just at the end saying, okay, give us money or whatever, they say, hey, y'all, nobody even got hurt. You all want to up with some money? Like, nobody even got hurt. Like, you know what I'm saying? As if, as if, as if they should be paid. <laughs> it's like, like a protect- fucking protection <laughs> racket. Yeah, literally, like oh, no one, everyone survived this. Uh, you know, everyone survived this invasion. So you, so you should pay us. But then, the funniest uh, like subway performer, mass transit performer I've ever encountered was this guy who was like playing a sort of, I guess you would call it like a sort of flamenco style guitar and singing so he had like a sort of like acoustic guitar i was playing like a very sort of spanish flamenco-y sounding chords and then he was just improvising lyrics on top and he started just looking around and you know uh before talking before about our fucking you know diverse community hub that is mass transit systems in big cities he was looking around at the ethnic diversity on the train and just ripping off that. So he has his little guitar and he's strumming along and he looks over and he sees something. Guys, and he goes, biryani, biryani, ooh, biryani. And then he sees a couple of Japanese guys or whatever and he goes, sushi, teriyaki. You know, he just kind of goes around the train and just... And people started realizing, and they were—I think some people were a little offended, but most people just thought it was pretty. That funny. is pretty funny. If you want to—if you want a picture of the future, imagine like a small brown man <laughs> shrieking, <laughs> shrieking about diversity forever on the New York subway. <laughs> okay. But yeah, like the thing about a lot of these cities do push this whole like public transit meme, um, and it's like really really the only city or metro area that really has like an actual like developed like mass transit system is like really new york like there's a few other places that sort of have like these like sort of sad attempts at it like dc and boston and you know chicago and san francisco and all these places but they're really they're like really terribly atrocious and they have like very low like ridership um yeah dc really fucking sucks and they're just universally horrible. Like, San, everyone says that, like, oh, well, San Francisco has, you know, BART and, like, all this crap. But, like, BART is literally, like, just completely unusable. <laughs> like, it literally goes to, like, two places. <laughs> it goes to, like, two fucking places. And, like, the trains are, like, so small. Like, there's all these people that post these videos of, like, the BART train at, like, like 8 in the morning or whatever in the San Francisco Bay Area. And they're, like, they're like two times as packed as, like, any New York subway you'd ever find. Like, people are literally so crammed together that they, like, push people out of the train, like, whenever it stops at a stop. Like, people literally push other people out of the train. China-pilled. When the bar train comes to a stop. Yeah, it's more or less China. It pretty much is. Something I, I wanted to say, this is a point I was trying to make earlier about the uh, grittiness of New York City. We were talking about how... Uh, you know, you know, New York has so few murders, so little crime nowadays compared to, you know, for example, when it was just a total. It's because Rudy. It's because yeah, Rudy, Rudy Giuliani cleaned up the city. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually a really interesting okay. point. That's right, like wait, you talk, wait, wait, you talk wait, about wait, the culture wait, wait. of New York City. 
Okay. Oh, okay. Here we okay. go. I'm Never asserting mind. my tail. I just peed on your fucking okay. leg, Herbert. All right. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to say that. <laughs> so, you know, compared to the 70s when it was a complete atrocidad, New York has a lot less crime now. But y- you wouldn't really, like, get that feeling, you know, like when you're just walking around it and you notice how fucking filthy the streets are, how, like, it looks completely, like, terrible, right? Like, it, it looks so gritty and shit. Right, like compared to like a city like Chicago, right, where Chicago has an infamously high crime rate, but just walking around, I, it, it just it looks like it wouldn't have a higher crime rate, at least until you get to like, you know, fucking like Madison Street and like the like just the, like La Luz Extinguido areas of the city, because it's very segregated. I don't, well, if you had, like, I think, like, there's a few, I think if you did, like, a population-weighted crime rate, like, you looked at the crime rates individually, like, for certain, like, zip codes or whatever, the city of Chicago, and you weighted it based on the population of each of those zip codes and added it all up, then it would be, like, it would be pretty low, I mean, maybe it wouldn't be lower than New York City, but the crime rate of Chicago, it wouldn't be anywhere near as, like, absurdly high as it is when you just do the average crime rate, because, like, there's, like, this one, like, massively huge, like, swath of the city that's just completely just, like, packed to the brim with, like, these, like, vibrant peoples who are just, like, constantly warring. And so that, like, drives up the average crime, even though most areas of the cities of the city isn't really, yeah, isn't the really that bad. The north side of Chicago is pretty nice. And uh, by the lake and everything. Um, yeah. What else are we going to say? Oh, okay, yeah, but um, Mr. Herbert, I would invite you to now make your point, sir. Well, New York City historically was not a sort of um, not a sort of yuppie hipster urbanite bug liberal Democrat type of city. Historically, New York City was a fairly diverse city, but the, a very segregated city with ethnic neighborhoods of various European and non-European ethnicity. And so, that, and that history sort of survives in the sort of Italian American, primarily Italian American, but also somewhat Irish and ethnic American diaspora around the periphery of New York City. And as the generations have moved on, moving out into North Jersey and Staten Island and Long Island, um, as well as a few who are still on the sort of edges of the outer boroughs. And those people have a very different sort of cultural, political type uh, type outlook, shall we say, than the stereotypical uh, upper middle class New York bug. And their political philosophy seems to basically be uh, centrist, like proto-fascist. <laughs> that's a good way to describe um, it. And that's There's basic. Christism. Yeah, that's like. <laughs> Yeah, like Chris, Chris Christie, Christie is on. Yeah, Chris Christie, Rudy Giuliani. We love our firefighters. Uh, our firefighters. Fuck, yeah, fucking, uh, if you guys have ever heard of him, I think, like, the mascot for this political ideology is, like, Bo Deedle. If you've ever come across oh, God. Bo Deedle. Uh, yeah. Like, there's just, there's a handful of these guys, and they're still in New York, you know. They're, like, politicians. Uh, yeah, it's really weird. Fucking uh, Italians, they this basically is something brought that fascism they... from Italy, like, to New York City. Well, this is... Well, I think you actually get this in, like, a lot of East Coast cities where you kind of have this, like, red tribe, like, fringe that's sort of, like... But they're not, but they're, like, they're, like, yeah, you know, my uh, my niece, you know, she's a lesbian, I don't got any problems with the gays, and, you know, I smoked a little doobie when I was in high school, I don't like if we should be legalized and all, but I swear to God, if you disrespect the boys in blue, we're gonna launch a new... <laughs> And Iran, and you're gonna be you know what it's like. You know what I mean. You know what the like, archetype? It's like the archetype of like if anyone's ever seen the movie Blue Jasmine. It's like the guy from that movie, like the <laughs> shitty like ex-husband <laughs> well, that, or whatever. That, 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 that guy is who the fuck is that? That's uh, Dice Clay. That the the guy yeah. from Blue Jasmine is literally Andrew Dice Clay, who's like a total like New York like we're gonna fucking kill all the movies, you know? If you fucking commit <laughs> crime on these streets, the NYPD and the FDNY... Oh, remember 9-11? Remember the 9-11? Yeah. Remember the volunteers at 9-11? They're getting their full pensions, by the way. I mean, well, yeah. You know, I don't well, the interesting, like the interesting thing is, is like... 
yeah, the interesting thing is that like New York sort of developed into this like blossoming kind of like like er, like upper middle class like Swipple like sort of bug, uh, you know, mass or whatever you want to call it, or at least Manhattan and Brooklyn did, like after like the seventies. You know, because previously the places that were like that were like only pretty much like confined to like San Francisco and like maybe like Cambridge, Massachusetts, and like a few other like stupid college towns. Um, but like after the seventies, it started like redevelop. Like a lot of these like luxury condo and like apartment developers came in, and actually one of them was Donald Trump, which is pretty interesting. He was like one of the main ones that came in and started building, you know, scooping up all this like real estate for like absurdly cheap prices and redevelop like redeveloping them into these like luxury condos and that like kind of gave birth to this sort of you know redevelopment you might call it well of, i think um, i think it's Manhattan. not merely real estate i think that the other thing that was sort of going on was this sort of class shift in the united states that david brooks has called the bobos that charles murray sort of described in a couple of his books but it's basically I think that whereas in the past, these sort of like high IQ people who are prone to a sort of cosmopolitan culture uh, would have been relatively isolated in like small to mid-sized cities across the United States. And maybe they would have had like little enclaves. Maybe they would have had a country club they went to or, or a certain restaurant or group of people that they hung out with. Uh, they would still be relatively isolated in their communities uh, among normies. But now we're in a sort of paradigm where they all go to, you know, their elite schools on the coasts and never, never to return to the heartland. And they've just sort of, they, they've all sort of concentrated in some of these large urban centers. And that is sort of, and so, so New York is like, you know, New York is based, is not necessarily, I think a generation ago, this was even more true. But it's still pretty true now, even though a lot of people are the children of those people from a generation ago. But a generation ago, it was New York was all the smart, cosmopolitan-prone people from all across the country coming together to be smart and cosmopolitan-prone together. And that wasn't the case in 1960, but it was the case by 1980. That's funny. Um, uh, I'm wondering then if the phenomenon you're describing sort of functioned as like a brain drain for the rest of the country. Like, do you think... Oh, absolutely. The I mean, that's, that's like, that's like the like premise. South Dakota, like, yes, forward because yes. of New York City existing? That's the premise. That's the, that's the premise of, um, of both the bell curve and coming apart. Uh, basically, that, that these elite institution, institutions became very efficient mechanisms for segregating people of high IQ and people of sort of middling IQ. In a way that wasn't that, that in, in a way that wasn't really common in American history before that. Well, also, well, also, I mean, they didn't just move to New York City for no reason to be near these higher learning institutions. You know, it's because you know, with IQ is increasingly, or well, income is increasingly sorted by IQ now. Most, like the vast majority, like high income sectors have increasingly been, you know, sort of clustering in a few places too. Um, like New York and D.C. and Boston and the Bay Area. Um, so I think there's that effect, too. That I think I think that's probably more... That's probably a more significant driver Wait, than... What, did um, you say? what he's saying is, is that they've well, moved out well, to the rationalist group house in the Bay Area. So they can all read uh, smart opinions. Well, articles. it's because... Well, because, you know, how income is increasingly sorted by IQ, right? And these sort of, like, clusters of industries... Uh, that require, like, you, that you have a high IQ to work in them, or at least, you know, somewhat high IQ, like, finance and, like, software engineering and law are, like, largely clustered in, like, large coastal metro areas. Well, that's, but that's a chicken-egg question, right? Why do you think that, but, you know, finance is a bit, is a bit more uh, historically grounded, but software is, is clustered in the areas that it is, because the people who found software companies all went to college together at Caltech or Stanford. You know what I mean? They all went to Stanford together, and then they graduated, and they moved to San Francisco for a couple of years, and a bunch of them founded companies that the other ones went and worked for. So, that, like, my point is that, like, it's not that, it's not that people went to, went to California, went to San Francisco to join tech companies. No, they, I mean, 
I guess so, but those tech companies were started because people went there to go to Stanford. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess you could say the same thing about like MIT, too, and a bunch of those other places. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. the Ivy League schools and all that. Well, yeah. what I would say is that we are about out of time for today. Um, anyone have like a final uh, point they want to make quickly? No? Okay. Well... This has been the Curse Discussions podcast. You can write us an email at cursediscussions at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we've gotten any emails yet, but uh, we'll keep checking them. Um, that was yeah. depressing. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously. So, yeah, we have the fucking podcast on um, what's it called? Pocket Casts now, which is done through Anchor. So you can download your shit there. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, see you next time. Bye.